0: Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. If you'd like to find out more, head online to our website greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Well, welcome to you all. Uh, I'm going to speak this morning about how we can pray when we're facing pressure in our lives. And this is the context that we read about in this passage of scripture in the book of acts and we're going to have a look at that in more detail as peter and john face huge pressure but it's probably the context that you find yourself in as well it may be at the moment you're feeling pressure in relation to work or your family or perhaps even your health i know certainly i am feeling pressure at the moment um, there's a lot of pressure in terms of decisions about What are we going to do as church as we come out of this time of lockdown? Uh, There's pressure because I um, have injured my shoulder and I can't even do the most basic tasks in my life at the moment. So I'm feeling pressure because of that. I'm feeling even more pressure when I heard John and Steph talk about the 20s and 30s evening, grill the vicar. That sounds deeply intimidating. So I feel a lot of pressure about that. And um, in a ridiculous manner, I'm about to go on holiday soon. And many of you know that actually going on holiday creates even more work. And so I've got this backlog of to-dos that I need to get through very quickly in the next week or so. And so I feel all this pressure mounting up on me. But there are ways in which pressure actually can be a good thing. Pressure can shape us and grow us in our faith. I was thinking this week about what lies deep below us in the, in the earth, 90 miles down, just underneath the continental plate in the upper mantle within the earth. In certain areas of the world, there, is, there are collections of carbon. And that deep in the earth, the temperature is extreme, a thousand degrees Celsius. And these little pieces of carbon face both intense heat and intense pressure. And it's this combination of heat and pressure that leads the carbon to be molded and compressed and shaped and refined that turns it into what you and I would know as diamonds, something very precious that reflects light. And in a similar way to this miraculous geological transformation that we see here on this earth, God wants to do something similar through you and me. As we face pressure and challenge in our lives, that actually it will be used by God to shape us and refine us and mould us so that we too would reflect light, the light of Jesus more and more in our lives. And that's what we see going on here in the book of Acts. And I want to draw out a few points this morning that are gonna help us as we think about how we can pray when you and I are under pressure. And the first is this, that you and I are to look around and join together. The context of this passage in Scripture is that Peter and John have been filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. They've seen God do amazing things. We read about 4,000 people coming to faith. We read about a lame man who's healed. And so the kingdom of God is advancing and moving. And yet at the same time, there are huge pressures placed upon the disciples. We read that, Out of fear and jealousy, the religious leaders imprison these two men, Peter and John. And yet, they're released and we read that they go back to their own people. And in verse 24, we read, they raise their voices together in prayer. Now, this word together is one of Luke's favourite words. That's the author of the book of Acts. It's one of his favourite words, and it's one of my favourite words at the moment too, together as we think about what it means for us to gather as God's church. One of the challenges we face in our culture is this growing level of individualism, that sense that we can go our own way, we don't need each other. And it creeps into the church to the extent that It becomes about what I want from church, what music I want to sing, and which preacher I want to hear from. But actually, we'll only truly be content with church when we realise it's not about what we can get from church, but it's about what we can give to church. And the problem with individualism is that it erodes the value of community. And so we can end up almost believing that we can be a follower of Jesus on our own without the need for anyone else around us. One of the benefits of the last few months has been that we have realised, haven't we, how much we need each other, how much we need to gather together, to pray together, to worship together, And that's why I'm encouraging all of you to gather in whatever way is possible within the government guidelines at the moment. And so that may be joining a small group, as John and Steph were saying, and meeting online. It might be joining a small group and gathering together in a garden. It might be inviting another friend around from church and having a meal together. Whatever it looks like for us to make sure that we are gathering together because we're not created to live in isolation. In fact, more than that, God has formed you and me in a way that we are to be in community. We need one another. I mentioned a few months ago about Pastor Agu who leads Jesus House Church. It's a huge movement across the world denomination of churches and Pastor Agu is a very godly man and he shared with a number of us a a couple of years ago about a tragedy he had been through in his life and as he reflected back on that time of difficulty and pressure for him he realized that he didn't have the right people around him in his life to help him during that time of difficulty and as he put it he didn't have a storm shelter in place and what we see here in the book of acts is that peter and john have a storm shelter we read that their first response when they came out of prison was to go back to their own people and to pray you know even jesus had the 12 around him to stand with him yes to teach them but also to pray with them and to be community together So I wanna encourage all of you to gather together as community. We need each one of us, a group of friends who we can meet with and pray with and encourage one another. Prayer partners, small groups. We're gonna talk a bit more about this in September. But let's look around and join together as we pray. The second thing is for us to look up and get perspective. Many of you know that my pattern of rest involves quite a a serious chunk of time off during August, and I'm getting quite excited about it. If I look at any given year for me in ministry, if we were to start in September, my year begins and I am full of energy and vision and enthusiasm and zeal for ministry. And as the months go by, I notice myself getting a bit more tired up to Christmas when I have a bit of time off after Christmas and then through to Easter with another short break after Easter. But by the time I get to July, July the 26th, I am tired. I'm exhausted and I feel the pressure more now than I will do in September or October or any other time of year. And the risk for you and me is when we're feeling tired and under pressure, we can lose perspective. Now there's no doubt for all of us, after four months of lockdown, whether it's working from home, homeschooling, or just isolation, we're tired. That's one of the reasons we're gonna look at this theme of rest on Tuesday for Greyfriars Conversations. We need rest. And along with that tiredness comes that danger that we lose perspective. Now, Peter and John faced pressures far, far greater than I have ever faced in my life. And yet they have exactly the right perspective. Their first response was to look up to God in prayer. And the way that they pray teaches us a lot. So grab your Bibles and we're going to have a look at these words together in Acts chapter 4. So the first thing is in verse 24, if you have a look with me, you'll see they begin their prayer by praying sovereign God. It's a declaration that the God that we are praying to is far greater, far more powerful, far more majestic. He is the one in control over and above us as we lift our prayers to God. And then As we carry on we're going to read through some of these words that Peter and John pray as they're declaring the truth of who God is but it's really important as we begin to pray when we're under pressure when we go through those times when actually the pressures we're facing are all-consuming they literally take up our thoughts our words our prayers that we begin by looking to the sovereignty of God, that he is in control, that nothing and no one can thwart his plans and purposes. We then read that the disciples pray in verse 24, you made, you made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them. So they're declaring God's sovereignty over creation. We then go on in verse 25 to read that they declare God as Lord of Revelation. You spoke, they pray. You spoke through the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of David. And they pray through some of the words of Psalm 2. And then finally in verse 28, they declare God as the God of history. You decided. And so through this prayer, we're reading them declare that God made, God spoke, and God decided. And as I think about my time in ministry so far and some of the battles that various people, maybe some of you, have had with prayer, I realize that the greatest obstacle is actually how we view God himself. Because if we view God as judgmental and angry and distant, we're gonna struggle to turn to him in praise and petition and prayer. But what we see here in the book of Acts is that these disciples are focused on God's transcendence and his sovereignty. He made the heavens and the earth. I wanna pray to a God who is all-powerful, who is majestic, who is able to enter our lives and this world and bring change and transformation. And that's why we celebrate with you, Graham, as you sense this answer to prayer in, in your body through the cancer that God is working in, that this prayer is being answered. We want to pray to a God who's able to do that, But we also wanna pray to a God who is imminent, who is near, who speaks through the power of his Holy Spirit. A God who chose to come down to this earth in Jesus to go to the cross for you and me. We know he is now with us by his Holy Spirit. He is your loving Father. And when we're reminded that this is the God we pray to, all of us want to praise him and all of us want to call out to him. Peter and John look up to God in prayer and their perspective comes from knowing the truth of who God is in scripture. They turn to scripture as they pray. In fact, most of the spontaneous prayers in the Bible are full of words of scripture. The believers in the book of Acts had this scripture so deep within them. And so I want to encourage you to keep going, reading the scriptures every day. That they would be filling your head and your heart. So that during these times of pressure, we can be assured of who God is. We look up to him and we get perspective. The final lesson for us here on how we can pray during time of pressure is to look out and receive power. One of the problems when we face pressure in our lives is that we naturally look inward. We become focused on ourselves, my shoulder, my problems. It's perfectly natural. Most people round here are totally fed up of me talking about my shoulder, particularly my wife who's probably watching from home. But in spite of Peter and John being imprisoned and threatened, if you look through this passage of scripture, they only give one passing reference to the problems they're facing. In verse 29, they don't dwell on the pressure they are facing, instead they dwell on the sovereignty and the majesty and the power of God to work in and through them. They don't pray for wisdom or favor or protection, which would have been very natural and good things to pray for. They pray that they would be empowered to preach the good news of Jesus Christ and to see healing through signs and wonders at work through them as they pray for those around them. In other words, they look out to the lost and they say, use us, God, for your glory and your purposes. As part of our journey here at Greyfriars over the last few months and years, I've been delving into the history of this building of those who founded this church, the original Grey Friars. And I was reminded this week that the original Grey Friars were also known as the Preaching Friars, because their priority was to share the good news of Jesus. This was a key part of who they were and what they did based from this site as they went out to Reading. And interestingly, they were taught to be brief as they share the good news because, I quote, the Lord kept his words brief when he was here on earth. I better get on and finish this sermon. But that same mandate that was there for the Grey Friars hundreds of years ago applies to you and me today. That commission to share the good news of Jesus, to preach the gospel, To be bold as we share God's word is not just for those who are preaching on a Sunday. It is for you. It is for all of you, all of us as we go about our daily lives. And in fact, in the autumn, we're going to completely rethink how we do Alpha. So that we will invite you to run Alpha in your home. To invite friends and family and neighbours to your home to watch the videos, as you share the good news of Jesus with those that you know and love in your homes. It's part of this mandate, Jesus' call to you and me to share his good news with everyone. And alongside these words, the disciples pray that there will be a demonstration of the kingdom of God through signs and wonders. So it is the two together It is the declaration of the good news of Jesus and the demonstration of his kingdom coming through signs and wonders. And we need to pray for both. And this prayer resonates with God. And we know that because we read that there was a shaking in the room where they were. It's a theophany. We read of them in various places in scripture. God makes his presence known through fire or wind or an earthquake, even through a gentle whisper. But perhaps most importantly, the believers are filled with the Holy Spirit. They are empowered to go out and to preach the good news and to pray for signs and wonders. Interestingly, the pressure didn't end there for the disciples, as you know. And we will always face pressure in our lives, you and me. But what this prayer teaches us is that just like that carbon deep down in the earth's core, God can use the pressure we face to refine us, to make us shine even greater for Jesus, that we would be a people who go out into this world and we declare God's goodness, we speak of his good news, and we pray for those signs and wonders for healing in the name of Jesus. That is your mandate, it is my mandate. And we wanna pray now, together, that God would empower us by his Holy Spirit as we seek to do this work for him in our lives.